This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 39. Hello, I'm recording this week's introduction with Abudji on my shoulder, so I'm hoping he's going to keep quiet long enough for me to tell you about the episode today. My guest this week is Charlotte Jacklin from Betty Magazine, who I first met way back in the summer of 2014 when I took part in a shoot for the clothing brand Free People for her magazine Betty. Both Charlotte and Betty Magazine have evolved an awful lot since then. And last year, Charlotte took the big decision to make Betty an online-only publication and brand. Plus, a few weeks back, I asked on Instagram for recommendations of people making awesome Instagram stories content, and loads of you got in touch to say Charlotte, which was really fortunate because we already had this conversation booked in and planned. So today we're talking about being raw and real on stories, not giving in to fear or calling it by the wrong name, and finding a balance between online work where we can stay home in our pyjamas and real-life face-to-face interaction with our people. Hello, Charlotte. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. So for anybody who hasn't come across you yet, would you care to just introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do? Yes, I am Charlotte Jacqueline and I live in Margate by the sea on the southeast coast of England. I run a website called Betty, uh, which was formerly a printed magazine up until the latter part of last year. It was a printed magazine for about six years and stocked in 13 13 to 15 different countries around the world. I, I don't actually never got on top of that um and now it is a website um, a lifestyle and fashion website just featuring lots of lovely things that I like um and I also run events and I'm about to launch teaching courses in real life and on the internet and you have a very small baby as well oh yes a very small baby called June she's nearly nine months old so you have lots of free time really oh loads absolutely <laughs> Absolutely, tons. <laughs> what was behind the decision to move from print to web with Betty? Well, one of the big things that's happened with Betty is that me and the business partner, who was also, who is also called Charlotte, she's still with us on the surf, but we um, have worked together for quite a few years and we were just getting to the stage where Betty was taking up a bit too much time but not bringing in quite enough money. Mm. Um, it's always paid for itself. But it was kind of, we were at a crossroads, basically, like, do we close it down? We, we used to brainstorm loads of different ideas. And creatively, we were, on, we were on quite different pages and also in different stages in our lives. Um, Charlotte has got two children. Her eldest is 11. So she's, you know, they're at quite different stages. And basically, we came to a really, it was really nice how it happened, actually, because I know things can go sour between business partners. But we've become really good friends over the years. And basically, we came to the decision that I would continue Betty and that and I wanted I've kind of had this vision for it to be online for, for quite some a number of years. And that wasn't where Charlotte's passion lied, laid. I'm not sure on the grammar on that one. And basically, that's that's what happened. So that was the decision to stop. Well, the kind of the big structural change in Betty, but also the decision to stop printing it was it just didn't make sense financially. Um, it's quite a lot of outlay in terms of the printed issue. So we kind of, over the years, had figured out how many we needed to print versus how many we were going to sell. Um, but every every so often we got that wrong. Ad space, as in traditional ad space, is quite hard sell because compared to adverts, you know, sponsored content and things online, you can track that. Of course. Whereas you can't track that. So it was just becoming increasingly more difficult. And also, 
because we printed it biannually, I just felt that the content that we were producing, as much as I loved what we were doing, it had to be really timeless and and classic. And that's just, you know, 2017 and almost 2018 now. And, um, <laughs> you know, you just want to be producing content that's like really topical. But, you know, I'd have um, ideas for articles for the magazine, but by the time it went to print, they'd be outdated. So, Of course, yeah. Yeah, it was a really wonderful experience to have a magazine in print, but I'm definitely, in the way that my brain works and content creation and things, more of an online kind of person. And I think the readers have kind of enjoyed that switch as well. I know um, there's quite a few people who are, you know, sad that, that the beauty of, of the printed edition isn't here anymore, but in terms of speaking to readers and followers and, and things like that, I just can speak to them every single day online um, and that's what I much prefer. I think yeah it's it's nice that your switch was kind of born out of excitement about the web rather than what we've seen in some of kind of the big printed media where it's a bit like they've been pushed kicking and screaming onto the internet reluctantly. Yes it's I, I find that fascinating. You know, some of the printed magazines that I read, I go on their website and it's just clickbait after clickbait yeah. after clickbait article and I just I don't know what the editorial decisions are being made there. I'm trying not to mention anybody by name, but I'm just quite shocked at what they're doing online. And like you say, it is because it's kicking and screaming. They've not sat down and actually thought, you know, what do people want to read? You know, how can we embrace this? How can we make it a good thing, not, you know, a concession? Like I know on Reddit where I read, I read most of my news on Reddit. And so whenever you link to a website with a news source, they kind of they flag ones that are considered clickbait. And the independent is now flagged as clickbait on Reddit because their titles are often so misleading in regards to what the article is actually about. And that's the independent. Like, and I know it's it's I just remember when I used to work in an office. I mean, I just used to sit and read clickbait all the time. I don't mean when I worked in an office, but when I worked in a job that wasn't fulfilling me creatively, that's not yes. to say working, you know, those two things don't go together. But yeah, it just so much clickbait. And I think that's why blogs and independent publishers are thriving because you can just find your little corner of the internet and find things that you love and you want to read about. And, you know, for those big publishers out there who are just scratching their heads wondering why it's not working, you know, look at the content that you're producing it's just it's disposable and throwaway and and just doesn't really connect with people yes and the that's actually the beauty of the internet isn't it is that you can tell if it's connecting and you've got that direct feedback so when you publish something and it suddenly really resonates and everyone's talking to you about it you know that oh I'll I'll do more on that topic or I can dig deeper or Likewise, if something doesn't work, I guess. Yeah, I think that's, you know, coming from a fashion industry background, which is where I, uh, I studied and I worked, um, you know, that conversation that began opening up, it's a two-way stream now. And lots of people have embraced that, lots of companies, lots of publishers. But that was, I think, what scared a lot of big companies initially, is that they could have feedback. And lots of it was negative, but that was because they're not producing things that people want to see. And I love feedback. I mean, most of the time it's positive but or it's constructive which I think is a an interesting word you know <laughs> just because somebody's saying something negative as long as it's it's put together in a constructive way that you can take some feedback from it it's, obviously it's quite harsh when people are just just being negative for negative sake but you know they tend to move on and find it the daily mail comments online so <laughs> yeah there's always somewhere else for those people yeah exactly yeah and there's 
yeah, there's something in there about not not shying away from feedback, however scary. Yeah, yes. Sorry, just keep saying yes. I do tend to say that a lot, <laughs> and I agree. But yeah, feedback can be a really scary thing, and that's when I, you know, when me and Charlotte made that decision last year, and I kind of took on the the helm of Betty and started kind of saying, "This is me." you know it's just me now and that's what I was petrified of that two-way conversation and the feedback and as I say some people have have said you know they're sad to see the magazine go but that they're not having a gig at me they're just they're just saying they're sad to see it go but happy to see a new chapter so actually putting myself out there and and being in the online sphere and getting feedback from people that follow me and, and read Betty it's all been as a whole really positive and and offered me direction as to what's happening next that's really nice. It's it's nice that your audience is able to kind of shape your business and vice versa, I suppose. Yeah, I, I love it. I've just started a Facebook group for Bessie readers and already within three days, um, I just popped a poll on there just to say, you know, what, what would you like to see in 2018? I've got a few ideas. Obviously, it kind of has to come from me first because it has to be something that I enjoy doing and it has to be genuine. Mm. Um, but I've got a few ideas floating around and already I'm amazed at the results of what they want to see I'm like oh okay right that's actually organized my business for the next year I had four things I wanted to do and three of them are kind of sawn sawn above the others in terms of what they want to see so you know I think it's amazing so I'm going to concentrate that's really good my um my efforts there and, and hope it works <laughs> yeah well you know who to blame if it doesn't now <laughs> yeah exactly exactly they'll be getting some feedback <laughs> Um, how are you finding the whole Facebook group experience? I know it's very new. I love it. So I, I'm one of these people who came off it. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. I don't do Facebook. So I came off Facebook more because I don't know. Obviously, this is quite quite personal to me, but I just kind of got annoyed with oh this is really petty but like one of my best friends, for example, she's really flaky on text message, but she'd happily update her Facebook status. I'd be like, how have you got time to update your Facebook status but not text me back? Oh, that's me. I'm like that. Not for Facebook. I tweet, but don't text back. Sorry. But then, but then at the same time, you know, it is uh, people see me on Instagram stories, and then you know, my, my, I've not called my mum into in three days. <laughs> but that's because you know, I, I like to say that that's business inverted comments that you can't see me doing. Yeah, yeah, that's my excuse too. Yeah, it's business. But anyway, I, I came off Facebook because I just I didn't really enjoy it. I think I've I've come off it twice. But then when I was pregnant last year, there was a few groups that um, helped me with hypnobirthing, uh, generally being pregnant, and then the when June was born as well. And I I really connected with the people in those groups, conversations that we were having. But because they were groups and they were closed groups, it was quite a safe space. It wasn't like commenting on an Insta, you know an Instagram thread or yeah. Twitter or it it was pe- like genuinely people reaching out who needed some help and and getting some really constructive feed, uh, feedback there's that word again and <laughs> um, but you know um useful information useful links um when it comes to being pregnant and having a baby and um, so I found that amazing and then once I was kind of ready to go back to work again um, I'm a member of a Facebook group called doing it for the kids and it's all about freelancers who are trying to you know the reason that we're freelance um, and we we work for ourselves is because we feel that it's a better structure for our family yeah. um, but sometimes you just sit there and think what am I doing why why, why? Um, and you know you go into that group and there's amazing resources so um over the year and um, probably since like, this time last year I've just loved Facebook groups and I, I find them for everything you know car boot sales I think local 
restaurants in my area um, and they just feel like safe little spaces of the internet I mean I'm sure they're not I'm sure you know Facebook are looking at them wondering how they can monetize them um, <laughs> so, sorry it's such a slur there probably though yeah but yeah so I thought well, why not start a Bessie one because the Bessie Facebook page it's got likes but you know the content's not reaching people whereas the group's just been amazing we've been sat chatting about TV we've been chatting about Actually, mainly we've just been chatting about TV since <laughs> January. But already people are starting their own threads. You know, somebody started a positive Sunday one yesterday and just said, you know, what nice thing have you done this weekend? I went to a auction and bought some pearls for £8. And here's the original letter from the 1950s oh. um, of the person that owned them. And, and then everyone just started posting really positive things on this thread. And I was like, yeah, this is this is what I want any space that Betty takes up on the internet and wants it to be a positive space. And I've, I just love the Facebook group or Facebook groups in general. I just think they're brilliant. They remind me a lot of when I was being the geeky girl, I was an early internet adopter and I was on like a, like lots of forums. Yes, I was just, yeah. And I was hoping that's what you were going with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember when I was younger, <laughs> <laughs> trying to think but the, there was loads of forums I remember when the Libertines used to play surprise gigs and there was a whole Libertines forum yeah. about like where they were popping up next and yeah forums were, were great and then they kind of didn't become um they kind of weren't great you know well they were yeah I think social media came along and people stopped needing to say it individually on forums you could just say it on Facebook couldn't you when everyone could see it yeah absolutely and and we've tried like with my courses because we have the community element like a lot of people say well why don't you do a forum but the problem with forums now is it's another website that someone's got to go to and log into and check their messages yeah absolutely um where it's something like Facebook even if you're not a Facebook user it finds a way to tell you that you've got messages like now it tells me on Instagram when I've got Facebook messages to check. Have you seen that? It like pops up at the bottom. Oh no, I have not seen that. That's but no, because I have maybe eight friends on Facebook. I don't. <laughs> I, I kind of felt bad that they, my friends were requesting me, so I think I accepted a few and then remembered that I wasn't using it for that. Yeah. So I, I'm in. I'm having a weird situation with my friends who keep requesting me, and I'm like, no, I'm just here for groups. Yeah. not here for just here for car boot sales like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but I think you're right and I think people are always going to want to kind of cluster together on the internet to to share and, and like you say that community aspect and that's why Facebook groups are, are kind of thriving I think it's it is kind of like the forums of the early 2000s and it's interesting that the community is it feels more like an Instagrammy community I mean that's a huge generalization I suppose but it's not the people you necessarily associate with Facebook who are the ones you see on your timeline sharing questionable politics or <laughs> yes yeah exactly the people you went to school with I think yeah because if you were to kind of line up all the social media platforms I'd say you know Instagram is the most positive and up until about a year ago I would have said you know Facebook is the most negative you know of how I feel when I use it and mm. the kind of content that was on there whereas yeah, through the groups, it's becoming a, a, a very friendly, positive place again. So it's kind of changing the perception of Facebook that I might have had a year ago. And um, I think Twitter's my ne most negative place at the moment. But again, that might all change. Yeah, it's Twitter can be, can easily go into that spiral, can't it? But I love it. I love Twitter. I really do. I did a thread just before Christmas and I made everyone shout about their 
their goals and their achievements. I saw. And yeah, at first I could see people were loitering. I could see, I could, I could see them liking, and, and they weren't <laughs> replying. And then I kind of, kind of goaded them into it. And um, and then once they started, they couldn't stop. But you know, it's as long as I'm using Twitter in a positive way, then you know, let let a few other people have a few grumbles. Yes, just just spout boundaries. Yes, yeah. Which I never knew till last year what they were. No, I'm quite new to the idea of boundaries. They're a bit of a revelation, aren't they? Yeah, I. My um, my coach couldn't believe that I'd never heard of boundaries before. <laughs> you literally I, never I, heard of them. No, never heard. <laughs> well, I think that's maybe why people might find me a bit much uh, because I've never I've never heard of boundaries before. <laughs> but it's amazing, an amazing revelation. Like I'm in control of how other people make me feel. Yes. Wow. Yes, and here's the line, and oh, you've crossed it, so I'm going to go now. Yeah, I'm just going to retreat over here and. Yeah. and and I'm going to shut that right down. Yeah, very interesting. I've still got a lot to learn, but it's an amazing, amazing new learning. Yes, no, that's been one of my big, big revelations of 2017. It's just remembering to apply them. I find that difficult. Yes, yeah. I mean, I kind of know what they are, but I don't necessarily yeah, implement them all the time. But it's good <laughs> to know that I could if I wanted to. Exactly, the option is there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Instagram then. So, because I still I associate you in my head far more with Instagram than any of the other social media platforms. Would you do you agree? Yes, yeah. I mean, I love Instagram. <laughs> I am yeah, I do love Instagram. I I'm a shameless addict. Same. I think my friends um will say yeah, she loves Instagram. She's always on Instagram. They'll be out with me and be like, is this, is this for stories? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's my kind of third wheel. But I'm um, I think for me Instagram obviously it's changed a lot recently and again there's a few complaints and and grumbles but I have kind of nothing but good things to say about it it pushes me to work more creatively the one thing that I find when I'm in a bit of a rut or kind of a bit fed up with Instagram is it pushes me to go on a day a day out that's normally kind of one of the favorite things that it makes me do I know it's not saying you know, knocking on my door going, let's go for a day trip. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think I've Instagrammed the, the whole of Fargate from, you know, every single angle. So I have to go and, and look for something new, especially in these kind of darker winter months. Yeah. And then again, the community word, you know, the people that I speak to from around the world is just insane. It blows my mind on a daily basis. And the knowledge that people have and they want to share with you, you know, I'll put something up on Instagram stories and within five minutes I'm educated on, the other day I was talking about, bear with me, I was talking about uh, candle candle holders that have uh, shiny insides and then okay. somebody within, within two minutes told me it was mercury glass. Oh. So now I don't need to go into shops and go, have you got any of those shiny inside candle pot holder things? <laughs> I can go in and say, oh, hi, have you got any mercury candle, a mercury glass candle? I can't even say it. Mercury glass candle holders, please. And they'll go, what? And you'll be like, you know, the ones that are shiny. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably a really bad example, but you know. And I think, uh, yeah, I've been on Instagram maybe for about four or five years, but properly. I say properly, maybe like three years since I lost the borders and the um, the questionable, <laughs> the yellow the questionable filters. filters. But yeah, I've definitely been on there since, you know, Betty began. And that's, it's an amazing thing to get, get word out there and meet new people, which I, is one of my favourite things. Have you got a preference then between like the main grid or stories? I, hmm, oh, I'm like choosing between <laughs> your children, favourite 
yeah, your favourite children. Um, I only have one, so <laughs> she wins. I, yeah, I think I go through phases. Like, for example, at the moment, I'm much more favouring stories because I haven't really been posting on the grid because I've just had a bit of a slow start to January and every now and again I kind of fall out of my rhythm in terms of taking pictures and things for the Mm. grid whereas before Christmas I don't mind saying it I I felt like I was on fire but then I kind of ran out of steam whereas stories is kind of continuous so I think I, I marginally prefer stories to the grid only because I don't have to think about it as much. So, you know, if I'm in my shower cap with no makeup on, I can talk to, st- I probably shouldn't, as my dad says. Um, <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't talk to the internet in that state. But, um, you know, I don't have to kind of put so much effort in and thought into stories. Whereas with the grid and photography and things, you know, sometimes that, that takes a little bit more thought. So I'm, I'm going to say stories. Yeah. I mean, I did you see the poll I did on my stories maybe earlier this week? And I asked yeah, people yeah. what they preferred. So for anyone who didn't see, I was asking what they preferred on stories, if they liked it a bit more kind of considered and curated and beautiful, or if they preferred it a bit rough and ready and kind of behind the scenes. And the vast majority, it was something like 80% said they liked the rough and readiness of stories, which was a relief, actually, because I've a lot of people now are doing really beautiful stories with like amazing text and maybe DSLR photography. And I, I really enjoy watching them. I enjoy both kinds. So I wasn't really sure like... I'm not sure of my own preference, so I figured maybe nobody else was either. But yeah, there was a lot of positivity about the roughness of stories. Definitely. That's, I know what you mean. I love Carrie from Wish, Wish, Wish. Yeah. Her stories are... Oh, they're exquisite. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's like, it's like a music video. Yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah, when I saw your poll, I was like, please be rough and ready. Please enjoy rough and ready. But that is the feedback that I get. You know, the grid has to be curated and beautiful in terms of, you know, the algorithm. I'm, I'm not complaining about the algorithm. It pushes me to be more creative. But there's definitely a switch. You know, it has to be your best work. So I was kind of hoping and praying that they didn't want my best work on stories because they are rough and very ready. <laughs> and, and, and again, that's, sorry, that's, I was making a point and I forgot I still have baby brain can you just put that as a disclaimer yeah apparently it's a permanent state forever yeah yeah you know you're not getting your brain back sorry yeah but people you know go to nice places I I do nice things buy myself nice clothes but then if you go on my stories you'll see the the reality of my life which yeah those highlights that you see on the grid are my highlights but at the same time I'm always sorting I live in a flat that's too small without enough rooms I'm constantly tidying up you know so they see the reality of of life and I think that's important is to know that we're all the same we're probably all fighting the similar or the same battles and with the grid you can sometimes forget that you can think oh you know their life looks better than mine but stories kind of makes it more real and I think people connect connect with you more if that makes any sense yeah no definitely agree and it's a funny thing because it's quite easy to hide behind your grid like you can make your life appear however you want on your grid Um, and that's part of the the thrill of it and the fun of it right so you can have you know you can hate your life but make your grid look like the life you want to be living and then that feels good so it's not a negative thing but you there's nowhere to hide really on stories not if you're regularly updating because you're sharing what you eat and where you go and what you're wearing and what you're doing and what you look like and it's much harder to make a false reality that way I think yeah absolutely I think the more kind of mundane my story is the more the more replies I get yeah sometimes what what's been some of my popular ones recently 
I can't remember. Definitely cleaning products. They always <laughs> kind of do do well. I love to know about a new cleaning product. But yeah, they're just kind of more mundane. The more real my stories, the more people enjoy them. And I would never do stories if I had to craft a kind of perfect reality. I've got like a square inch of my flat that that's tidy. <laughs> so yeah, I'd, I'd never be on there. And it must be quite time consuming. Like, yeah, I find it time consuming just doing the ones I do that are rough and ready. So I'm in awe of people that can make beautiful stories every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I couldn't do it. And that's the thing with stories to me. It's quite second nature. I kind of, I've, because of how it started for me using stories, I was really scared of them. Um, again, because it was that vulnerability of, well, my grid looks like this, but my flat looks like this. And if you saw the inside of my car, which is not down to me, not down to my boyfriend, but you would be horrified. Yep, same. You know, and what you know what if people see that but the the reason I started using it kind of not even on it wasn't a conscious thing and um, when I first had June my boyfriend used to work away Monday to Friday so I was like I'm bored but, you know the baby's fun but she does sleep quite a lot so I just kind of went on stories just chatting and I probably was a bit manic then you know when you first had a baby and you're <laughs> you are, desperate you are. for social contact <laughs> yeah literally like hi it's me I've not quite had enough sleep let me talk to you all <laughs> <laughs> that's how it kind of started so to me stories has become second nature so even if I'm out for the day I won't I don't live upload stories sometimes I'll just kind of take bits and bobs throughout the day like pictures and videos and then with 10 minutes you know when maybe Jack's doing bath time or something and upload everything to stories so it does become kind of second nature where yeah I'm, I'm sure if I practice doing the more beautiful you know I'd get there eventually but the rough and ready works for me so I'm glad it works for for the rest of Instagram as well. Well, and it's such temporary content, isn't it, that it's not worth spending an, an age over it, really, unless you're going to do something else with it. Like, I'm sure, like, Carrie uses those photos that she shares on stories elsewhere as well, and, and she's just amazing at taking beautiful photos, so it's probably second yeah. nature to her to do it that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the thing. You know, um, Carrie's been doing video and things and her photography skills. I feel I feel strange talking about it like this. Carrie, <laughs> I really enjoy what you do. Um, we love but, you. you know, <laughs> but, yeah, and it's not second nature to me. I'd have to learn how to use a camera properly. And, oh, you, you, yeah, maybe I should try it for a week and see actually how much... Oh. Maybe it. maybe a day. Don't give yourself a, a week. That seems like it's. A... I'm really I'm really bad at finishing challenges as well. I get to like day five and then I'm like, oh no. So yeah, I'm not I'm not going to do that. No, well, I recently did a juice cleanse and got up at three a.m. and ate toast, so I can relate. <laughs> yeah, no, I you I think the older older you get, you know what kind of person you are. Yeah, there's no point in trying to change it. Yeah, just just embrace it. I mean, I'm all for improving yourself, but you know, deep down, these are this is me as a person, and that's not going to change. It saves you a lot of energy when you stop fighting yourself yeah exactly my um my new year's resolution is to have a shower every morning i do shower pretty much every day but when i was at started kind of freelancing years ago but i just find myself in my pajamas at two o'clock oh, so we're so on easy. we're only on kind of like week two now but that's you know that's the self-improvement thing that's you know and i'm not changing my core my core fundamentals but um yeah that's working out for me showering getting dressed and putting makeup on before i go to work yeah my work my work's downstairs so no but it does make a difference and then this is the other thing is because then you're ready for stories well you can do it in your pajamas of course well they've they, well, I was gonna say they've seen it all that sounds like it's just a different <laughs> kind of story it's not this kind of stories <laughs> but yeah honestly I went go on in my shower cap one day and thought what am I doing and then I went on in my shower cap and it got rave reviews so you know love it they're kind of 
yeah, they're kind of pushing me. I did enjoy the other day as well when you were like, doing stories all day as yourself. And then you came on and you were super glam and you were like, I'm doing a Facebook Live, I wear makeup for Facebook. <laughs> That's so true, actually, because I'm, I'm going to do another Facebook Live after I've got off the phone to you and I was doing my makeup this morning. I was like, oh, this is going to look nice on Facebook. Why do Facebook get makeup you and Instagram don't? Well, this is because it's permanent. So because stories ah. disappear... Whereas your Facebook lives, obviously, if you save them to go onto your feed, they're there all the time. So interesting to know what would happen if I know you can have like saved stories, but I never save the ones with my face in it. because I generally don't have any makeup on. Yeah, I am vain. <laughs> I don't think that's vain. I think it's patriarchy. So we'll just blame them. Yeah, I'm, I'm protecting the brand. Yeah, all. yeah. Have you done any Instagram live yet? I did a couple, but I didn't like them as much oh. as in because it's on your phone uh, the comments because you can only see three at once it kind of all happens a bit too quickly mm. whereas I kind of like a Facebook live because you can do it on your computer you can see the comments on the right hand side you know you can see maybe like 10 or 15 at a time so you kind of keep a, an eye on the reaction you know how many people are coming in whereas Instagram because it is on your phone I found it a bit too small as in I I like doing the lives but I couldn't really see the comments and then I was looking around all over the place and I don't know I think they came across as a bit scatty whereas Facebook live again because it's in a closed group it's a bit more of a safe space I know you can make your profile private and go live on Instagram but I still prefer a Facebook live that's interesting Yeah, these are interesting questions. (laughs) I do Facebook Lives with my groups, but I really enjoy Instagram Live. Like, I like talking to people. I don't know, it feels feels like talking in the comments on my posts, that same kind of conversation that you have with people in comments, but having it kind of live. But I know what you mean about the interface. Yeah, maybe I'm just scared of Instagram. No, yeah, maybe I'm scared of Instagram Live. Maybe that's actually my true feeling. So maybe I just need to... Uh, You can now go live with a friend. Yes, I have seen that. And then... I, I was looking for people to go live with, but then I I just sometimes wonder, you know, how much of me do they need to see? I think, <laughs> you know, you can go live with a friend, but do do people want that? I don't know. Where does the line draw where they're like, Charlotte, just get off my internet? Like you're on you're on stories, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook. Like get off my Instagram live as well. I don't know. I don't know. Um there's some people like Hollywood celebs have been using it and they go live and then invite fans that are watching to go live with them and the fan asks the question and then they answer the question and then they like hang up on that fan and get someone else in and kind of do that. Oh my god, this is exciting, like your own TV channel. Yeah, basically, like yeah, that's the power of it, isn't it? It's a live broadcast to your own audience. And when you start thinking of it that way, like a TV channel, suddenly it feels like, okay, there's a lot of possibilities. Quite glamorous. Yeah. There's somebody I watch who does, she does like a daily tea time TV show on her live. Wow. And she just kind of talks. I mean, she's amazing and she's, she's very passionate and she's beautiful. So she just kind of sits and talks to camera once a day at tea time about what's going on in her life and what she's thinking. And it's exciting. It feels like there's lots of directions it could go in. I think that's the thing. I've not really sat down and thought about how I can use it in a fun way because both of those things that you've just said to me, I'm like, oh, 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 that sounds like you. I want to do that. Yeah. And it's just having the time to think about how, because you do kind of have so many channels, how to use them um, in a fun way. But yeah, okay. Maybe you'll see me on Instagram Live this week. Yay. Well, it's also new and we're not necessarily seeing it used in very dynamic ways yet, I guess. Like, yeah, absolutely. We kind of think of it as all an add on to Instagram, but it's not like stories is its own 
its own social media, isn't it? It's like Snapchat. It's a whole separate platform, really. It's just that you share the audience. Absolutely. I Because I was on Snapchat, I finally got my head around it after uninstalling it twice. And I got my sister-in-law uh, to show me. She was 18 at the time. And I was like, can you show me how to use this there Snapchat? It was hard. Well, they they designed the interface deliberately difficult so that older people would find it difficult. Oh, really? Um, yeah, they they. I read somewhere that they did do that. I don't know if that's true. It worked, um, but me. it did feel like that. And so I was on Snapchat for a while. Oh, that seems like so long ago. Um, and then when Instagram launched Stories, I just kind of ditched Snapchat, and I could just have Stories as an entirely different. I don't want them to split the app up, but I wouldn't say that Stories and my grid necessarily kind of go together no. uh, they are different people that comment and like on my stories I'm sorry on my pictures as those who are messaging me on stories if that... yeah and I, I think that's where there's a real opportunity for growth now on Instagram that maybe people aren't aware of because it's not necessarily that stories are going to increase engagement on your grid they can do but it's not necessarily about that but that stories can have really good engagement in their own right yeah and that is worth having. Like we we kind of get into this mindset of how does that relate back to my grid? How does that get me more likes? How does that get me more followers? But so I'm trying to kind of like on my courses, I'm saying to people, no, it doesn't matter. Like get get lots of views on your stories because then you've got your message across. And that was actually always the aim. Absolutely. And I think talking about visibility and vulnerability, it's it's really scary. I remember when I first started using stories. It wasn't so much front-facing camera as in my face. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to know what those early stories looked like. But um, that was very much for Snapchat because I didn't really have any, I don't even know if they're called followers on Snapchat. I can't remember. And it is really scary being visible on, on your stories and on your channel. And I think that's why a lot of people would shy away from them. But I love other people's stories when they're talking and um, I can kind of know it sounds strange but I can see when people are a bit scared of the camera because mm. they never feature themselves in their stories and they never talk on their stories and I just want to see more of that person but it is a really hard thing to start doing um, and once you do more of it you get more confident but it's definitely a great place to sell things and share things you know like um, events or whatever it is your products or your business or yeah I'm just trying to think you know why, why it works but I think it is because it is rough and ready and you can kind of get your point across a, a lot easier than you can on a, on a caption on a picture often I think yeah and it's a real it's direct I mean, like as humans we are programmed to respond to another face talking to us aren't we so it's the most direct way you can communicate with someone online, really. Yeah, I, I, I think more people should should embrace it, but I know that it is hard to take that first step, and it's really nerve wracking. Well, especially for women, I think you know, we, a lot of us have got yeah. feelings about our own appearance. Maybe we don't want to look at our own face, and that one thing I've really found is like actually, when you do it, you realise, okay, no one else is judging you as hard as you judge yourself. Oh my god. Absolutely. I can't believe I just, just wondering the questions. Oh my God. But no, it's so true. You know, I'll be sat there thinking, oh, you know, um, and then somebody will message me back and this isn't what I do. Be like, oh, you look really pretty today. <laughs> you know, that, I'm not out there looking for validation, but every now and again, I'm like, I actually really need that today. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, and so, you know, or they'll be like, I like your top or this is a really, I hope this, this kind of translates, but I have a real bugbear about my towels in my bathroom. I have uh, two rows of hooks 
and all the towels sit on there and they drive me mad. Anyway, my friend Liv Purvis came around on Wednesday and she walked in the bathroom and said, I love what you've done with your towels. <laughs> I was like, are you joking? They drive me mad on a daily basis. But now she's validated my towels. I love go. them. You see? You know, sometimes you just need somebody to look at it from a different perspective. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, but you know, it's it's just like the towels in my bathroom. You That's know, it. You, you may think they need reworking, but other people think they're amazing. Exactly. To other people, they are perfect just as they are. Yeah, yeah. And because it's Instagram, it's really friendly. So that's the other thing. Like, I wouldn't. I know, like, people have had bad experiences on Periscope, which is like the Twitter live broadcasting side of things. Um, I think you get a lot of abuse and stuff on there, but on inst- certainly on Instagram stories, I've never had any, like the people who comment on my followers and they're lovely. And in fairness, like the abuse I got when I did a live and it went like onto the front page was all still quite complimentary abuse. They wanted me to get naked, but they weren't being horrible about <laughs> me. So like, <laughs> I mean, I just want to know, has that ever worked? Sure, you know, no. has, has these people that comment and say, get naked? Has anybody actually gone, yeah, all right then? Go on. I was going to talk about my e-course, but see you yeah, you know, Yeah, now you want me to get naked. I'm not going to talk about that. And uh, this is all for you. I don't know, sunshine underscore 61. <laughs> so strange. It's, you know, and that's the thing. You've almost got to take a different attitude to it. And like you say, you know, boundaries and, and the way that you view it, you've kind of got to laugh it off in a way. Any negative feedback that I get often, if it's not constructive, I'll just put it down to they need to vent they're having a bad yeah. day it's not necessarily about me so no that's definitely true you know have a little bit of a sulk but you know move move on it's all you're you're amazing carry on and the vast majority of the feedback that you'll get especially through something like instagram is lovely and positive and encouraging isn't it absolutely i love the instagram community they're just so so lovely and that's the other day I was having just a bit of a a drab January I was just feeling a bit down and then I wouldn't necessarily say that I was ready for it because I had quite a positive relaunch in November and you know December had been great and then January hit and I was like oh I don't feel so positive about it which was a bit frustrating anyway I kind of started talking to Instagram about it and stories and a they were appreciative that I was quite honest because again, it's not all sunshine and roses. But B, through that, we decided that we're going to do some in real life events together. So it's a real collaborative kind of, well, what do you want to do? Let's get together and do some events. And now we're doing them in February. So And those conversations don't happen as much on the grid somehow. I think that is a, more a stories thing than anything else. Yeah, definitely. You know, my inbox is jam-packed. And I try to reply to everybody. Um, but polls are great as well. I put, yeah. I, enjoy, I put a poll on and said, who wants to get together IRL and I think it was 92% were like yeah I'm up for it and 8% mother option was stay in bed I'd totally see why 8% would want to stay in bed fair enough that's not a rejection that's just (laughs) yeah making a different choice (laughs) yeah and I think um, again Instagram polls you've got to be funny with your with your answers because because people can still see them you know then they're not confidential so sometimes I think people ask questions yes and no answers I think if you come up with like funny captions people can say no um, in a funny way rather than I think sometimes you don't always get a true reflection if you say you know such a good point yeah do do you want to meet in real life and people say no because that could be perceived as rude and obviously we're British and we don't want to offend (laughs) whereas if I've got a, a funny a funny caption for the no more people 
are inclined to click no because they're not going to offend me. Yeah, you made it safe to say that that wasn't what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That so I just I, I live for a poll. Yeah, we need more options though because on Twitter you can do like four or five options and it's just the two. Yeah, and not to harp on about Facebook groups, but you know, you can make your own polls in there as well with lots of options. Can you have multiple options? I've never used them on Facebook. Maybe that's my homework to go and try one. Yeah, my homework's Instagram live, yours is is Facebook polls. So tell us about the events you're going to be doing. So the events that I'm going to be running, I'm going to be running a few. I've actually just pretty much all I have w- did last week was just kind of think about what I want to do in 2018. And what I love doing is meeting people and kind of getting energy of like lots of women together in a room. And I say women, I I can say that confidently when I look at my analytics, it's about 1% of men. There's, there's not there's not a lot of them. So it is generally kind of women, followers, and readers and things. And I used to, when me and Charlotte ran the business together, we used to have a thing called the Girls Club. However, I'm not so sure on that title anymore. I think, I don't know, I want it to be inclusive. So I'm just going to run them underneath Betty. And it's just a place where you can get together, meet like-minded people, so um, followers and all the people that I speak to on Instagram directly, they're not speaking to each other. And I know that if we all got into a room, everyone would, would get on like a house on fire. Um, I think from a few Betty events, a couple of people have, have done collaborations and business ideas together because they've, you know, they've told me. So the first event that I'm going to run is going to be in Margate because I don't want to, I don't want to leave Margate. <laughs> and we're going to do, we're going to do some crafts, basically. We're going to make some wall hangings. We're going to make some flower crowns. Uh, some spring poses we're going to drink some fizzy wine eat lots of sugary cake and generally what happens in those kind of two or three hours is is really quite magical I'm always buzzing after we've done those events I say we it's just me now but so that's what I'm going to start um, in February and then later on in February these are going to launch this week I'm going to run some classes for social media marketing and email marketing but I want to run them in person because I am going to launch an online course however I just want to kind of see see what general concerns everybody has and I love my other job is lecturing so I work as a digital marketing lecturer within the field of fashion promotion so like journalism marketing styling PR so I've always kind of taught social media and email marketing so I used to work as a freelancer for lots of small businesses doing their email marketing and social media marketing Um, and the same questions keep coming up so I'd rather just get lots of people together and again I think something really magical happens when you get people together whether it's online in Facebook groups or in real life in classes or get-togethers and they kind of can share their common concerns which they generally are so I'm going to be teaching some classes hopefully in Islington in London mid to late February looking at social media and email marketing but what I've kind of discovered while I've been doing all this plotting and planning last week is how excited I get about events which has been a real eyes opener for me I thought I wanted to sit and have a fully online business I wanted to take Betty online but actually I still need that human connection and that human contact um, and that sort of thing that doesn't surprise me for you I think you're quite extrovert <laughs> aren't you like I mean I'd never put a label on it before and then somebody put a label on it like sure and I was like oh yes I would have all the signs of an extrovert <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I don't do well when I'm on, on my own working you know in my office on my own I need I, I love getting out there and meeting people and I think events are going to be a key part of that and that kind of wasn't in the plan last year but bit, like, yeah last week I decided 
that yeah, my my extrovert tendencies need 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 to go out and meet people and, and teach and and connect one to one with people. It's good to know that about yourself as well. So I kind of went the other way around and I was like, yeah, workshops, workshops will be a beautiful part of my business. And then did them and, and just found them so exhausting, like, because I'm a true introvert. So I, I love being with people and I enjoy mixing with people, but I find it empties me and I have to kind of go away then and be on my own to fill back up. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So kind of giving myself permission to not do so many events. <laughs> And so the opposite to you definitely and yeah I think basically I should have I, I did so much theatre in stage school when I was younger it's kind of an outlet for that <laughs> love it the performance <laughs> yeah there's definitely a performer inside of me like I'm I went out on Saturday night which is real rarity I think it's the second time I've been out out since I've had June and basically went to bingo and then the, the bingo manager was said you know we have karaoke here but uh all basically all the bing people that were there for bingo and it was busy you know for the, for the for the middle of january and he said you know we have karaoke and you're welcome to use it i mean how did he know to say that to you i don't know obviously i just had a twinkle in my eye that looked <laughs> that looked like i'd and um, so yeah and i wasn't even you know i wasn't even drunk i mean i was tipsy but not you know, I think I sang about seven songs. So yeah, the extrovert in me just needed a needed a place to shine. <laughs> I love that. Can we have karaoke on stories, please? You're, well, you know, I always said no. However, because <laughs> I'm not I'm not a good singer. This is why I never made it in the stage. But yeah, um, Liz came around the other day um, after she complimented me on my towels. We did a YouTube video together, and before I knew it, I was just singing. Oh, I love that. And I said, "Oh, no, put." Yeah, please don't put this on the internet, but I think she might. Well, we'll find it. I'm going to link to it in the show notes so everybody can hear. And did you yeah. say that you and Liv are working on a little project together that's not towel related? No, no, no. We could we could launch our own range of towels. However, <laughs> yeah, me and Liv, I haven't asked her if I can talk about this, but... I'll cut it out if she says no. <laughs> we are launching a podcast together and we have a date in the diary to record it next week. So we can't, we can't pull out and yeah we're, we're finally kind of biting the bullet because we've me and her have talked about this I would say for for well over a year and maybe I just didn't have the headspace or mm. or something to to kind of put it in the works and I did a Facebook poll actually yesterday and the top option was that people would like to see a podcast and people kind of keep messaging me um on Instagram story saying are you doing a podcast so I did mention it and I, I bought all the gear from Amazon Prime very kind of but I'm going to do a podcast and I need the stuff tomorrow I'm going to start right away yeah and it, and then it got here and I just looked at it and and just put it in the cupboard and I was like I'm terrified <laughs> I'm not doing a podcast but I think me and Liv doing one together will be something that I really enjoy I feel like it's too much pressure doing it on your own so hats off to you being, being the sole host but you know me and Liv have quite a lot of the same taste in fashion places that we go things that we like to talk about so we're just going to pop a microphone in front of us and see what happens i'm excited and maybe the two of you could do some instagram lives as well and we could have like live podcasts in the future there we, well i also thought about taking the podcast around the country oh, i just yes I, I can't stop just have a rest <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah we were just thinking it'd be quite nice to get people together in rooms. I'm just obsessed with getting people together in rooms. <laughs> it's all just an excuse for fizzy wine, isn't it? Yeah, that's 
all this is, is an elaborate plan of how I can drink fizzy wine at work. It has to be done in the daytime now. <laughs> Tax deductible fizzy wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's something that we're thinking about later on in the year. But I know I'm really excited and it's just kind of accountability when you're doing it with somebody else. Yes. Because lots of stuff when you work on your own, oh, I'll just put that off because, you know. Because mm, it's scary. Yeah. That's the I biggest mean, that's reason. My, <laughs> my biggest reason for not doing anything is because I'm scared. Yep. And we can dress it up sometimes and we can tell ourselves we're lazy or that we're too busy or... Oh, that's my favourite excuse. Yeah, I'm, too, I'm just lazy. I mean, I'm a, I'm a lazy person. Yeah, but when you actually look at it, it's nearly always just that we're too scared. Yeah, that's something I've really learned about myself over the past six months. And um, I think that the first few weeks of January, I was just scared to do anything. And I don't know how that fog lifted. I can't really explain why I've, I'm not scared. But the first two weeks of January, I just sat there and was no I don't no no, I'm not doing anything like that do you know I felt the same though I think sometimes the pressure of a new year yes yeah it's too much my new goal in life is to go away somewhere for the first week of January and just ignore everything I think that's a great plan somewhere lovely every year yeah because nothing happens like honestly nothing well maybe it happens to other people but my inbox is as I say dry as a donut (laughs) okay sure where where are you getting your donuts dry as a stale donut yeah (laughs) but you know I I kept an eye on it but there was nothing urgent yeah I don't know I'm not tried not to get bogged down this new year's resolutions or goal setting or things like that but it is a, a bit scary a whole fresh new page even though it is just another day, but it it does feel like a line's been drawn under that year. And Yeah, and especially because we were all doing this, like, on Instagram, this is my year of great things that have happened. And then I was like, well, shit, maybe I've peaked. Maybe that maybe nothing <laughs> good's going to happen now. That was all 2017. It's over. That is what I said to Jack. I said, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm done. I have. And also, because I kind of felt really pleased with the content I produced at Christmas, it was very reef-heavy. <laughs> where do I go from there wreaths are fine all year do you not know yeah this? apparently they are yeah. you know I did look into this so, but I kind of feel like Instagram might need a break from, from my <laughs> picture taking of wreaths but yeah it was just so scary and I think I didn't realize up until I was 30 that the reason I've not done a hundred things in this life is because I was scared it's it's such a big emotion that I think debilitates a lot of people and people just don't don't take a chance on it because what is the worst that could happen yeah exactly what what what's so wrong with failing you just try again in a different way yeah I think that's failing's fine and and we don't kind of allow that enough to happen because you think oh what if I launch this and it doesn't work or what if I you know what if I launch an event and nobody buys tickets well I don't put the event on yeah what if I do an online course and only two people sign up well I'll teach those two people that's fine it's not failure it's it's just a learning curve exactly it's all research and development that's how I like to think of it yes nice R&D so where can we find out more about your online course that you're definitely going to do because you're not going to be too scared and your podcast which no I'm not too scared which likewise your podcast and events where can we find out more when you group them together like that (laughs) sounds like a lot of work (laughs) so the events are going to fingers crossed go on sale today I've just I'm sat here waiting for two minor details. That is the one thing about events. Sometimes you have to wait for like boring things like insurance and, you know, are the toilet facilities adequate? 
My, I'm obsessed with asking people to toilet facilities when I do events. That's a good question, though. Bad toilets can spoil an event. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so, um, but the best place would be to either head to Instagram, so Betty Magazine on Instagram, or to www. Do I need to even do that anymore? www.bettymagazine.co.uk. <laughs> but Instagram is probably the best place on stories. And um, oh, do you know what I have? This I'll be interested to talk to you about this. I've just added a link tree onto my Instagram. Oh, interesting. Because I thought I was a bit kind of like I don't know how I feel about a link tree. But you can find I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a whirl for a month and see how I get on. But it has all the different places that you can find out about everything basically so there's a link to the newsletter there's a link to there'll be a link to workshops there'll be a link to the website a link to the facebook group so find me on instagram and follow my link tree yeah a link tree can be good if you don't have a home page that kind of does that for you yeah my home page already needs designing and i only only launched it in november <laughs> yeah because you don't know until you know where you're going with your business it can kind of yeah actually i went on your website i think the other day when you was when we said about doing the podcast and i was like oh yeah this makes sense because <laughs> you know where to go whereas i think i, I you don't know it's, it's trial and error so it definitely needs a redesign absolutely and link trees are really good for that because, yeah, you can take people straight over to Facebook or straight over to wherever you want them to go. Yeah, unless they message you and say, um, I don't know my login. <laughs> yeah. I can't help you with your Facebook login. Yeah, I get a lot of that too. Like, or people people have to request to join my group because it's, it's the same with yours, like a closed group. Yes, yeah, it's a closed group. And they can't find out how to request and then I'm like, oh, I don't, how do I do it from your end? I can't. <laughs> yeah, I actually can't help you. And yeah. then I feel really, yeah, like I don't have any knowledge whatsoever because <laughs> I can't help somebody find my own group. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's on the internet somewhere. Just type it in. It. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me, Charlotte. It was just lovely. I would just like to natter with you every day, really. I actually forgot that we were recording this. That's good. That's how it's meant to be. <laughs> good. I've no idea what I've said. It's all good. It's all good. I promise. And of course, I hope it was all good for you too. So come and find me and Charlotte on Instagram and on Twitter, where we will no doubt be continuing this never-ending conversation. I'm at me and Orla, and she's at Betty Magazine. I've linked to Charlotte's new podcast and the Facebook group she mentions, as well as everything else in the show notes, which you'll find at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast 39. Have a great week. And in case nobody's told you yet today, you are awesome and you are doing the very best you can with what you have and your hair looks brilliant. See you next week.